turned off by the traditional religious beliefs about God, Shane Pittman pursued the paranormal in a search for the unknown. This search led him to question everything and ultimately started to doubt the existence of a creator. Being at the doorstep of atheism, he still had a thirst for knowledge and was determined to discover the truth of the world around him. What he didn't expect was an encounter with God himself. Welcome to the Secret Refuge Podcast with your host, former paranormal expert, Shane Pittman. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Secret Refuge Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Pittman, and today you are listening to episode three of the podcast. Now, the title of this episode is called God Loves Messes. God Loves Messes. And I'm going to jump right into the show because I've been having technical difficulties while trying to record the show all day long to the point to where I know beyond a shadow of a doubt this message is not supposed to get out. It's not. But guess what? I'm going to be recording anyway and you're going to hear this message because I really feel that God wants to speak to us. God wants us to know something. So I'm going to jump right into the show. God loves messes. Why can I say that? It's because I am living proof. I am probably one of the messiest people you'll ever meet. I have done things in my life and made some choices in my life that have, in my eyes, disqualified me from even having the love of God. But now, of course, I know that is absolutely false. It's not true. And maybe many of you out there feel the same way. You feel that you're not worthy. You feel that you've done things, made choices that are unforgivable. But I want to tell you guys today that you're wrong. Death, life, principalities, powers, hell, anything, anything, all of that can never separate us from God's love, ever. God loves you with an unconditional love that is beyond our scope of understanding. Trust me, it's beyond my scope. I've tried to understand it, and it'll make your mind explode almost literally, okay? I've gotten headaches trying to wrap my head around how much God loves me and why he loves me and why he even tried to draw me to himself. It just doesn't make sense to me, but I'm so thankful that he's done it in my life. I wanted to take this time on this episode to talk a little bit about what brought me here. I don't want to spend too long on it because, like I said, I've been having some technical difficulties and I want to make sure that this message gets out. If you listen to the first episode, the first episode I talked about having a dream when I was six years old, and it was a dream about Jesus coming back. It was a dream about him coming back and my family being with him, and we were all happy, and then I woke up, and I woke up, and I ran to my mom, and I told her, and she told me what the dream meant, what it was all about, and she led me through the sinner's prayer, and I prayed that prayer, you know, the the best way I could for a six-year-old, you know. I didn't really have a deep understanding of what I was doing, but I did the best I could for being six. And from that, it sent me on a journey. And fast forward to my early teenage years, I was really, really wanting the presence of God. I was wanting to hear the voice of God. I was wanting to be led by God. It wasn't just something that I was doing because my parents went to church and I was trying to follow in their footsteps. It was deeper than that. It was a deep yearning for God. And I think that we have all been born with that yearning deep down. That's why you have so many people out there that are searching for answers. They're saying, I want to get to the bottom of the truth. 
I'm trying to find the truth, and the truth has led me to Buddhism. The truth has led me to this. It's because people have this deep yearning for their creator, for their God, and they don't realize that they're not cultivated. They don't know what that search is and who that search is all about. But God is wanting to reveal himself to us. He's wanting us to find him in the secret refuge. He wants us to experience his presence. He does. But back to the story, you know, in my early teenage years, I was really searching for God. I I really wanted to know him. You know what they would say, that person's on fire for God. I would say I was on fire for him. I really would. Well, when I was 13 years old, I had a traumatic thing happen to me. It was something that was done to me by a family member. And whenever that happened, guys, I will be completely honest with you, it shattered me. It really shook my faith to the point to where I questioned God. I questioned him so much. I was so angry that he could allow something like this to happen to me. It just didn't make sense, especially with me being 13 years old. I I had no idea. I was just hurt. I was angry. I felt like I was let down, that I was betrayed. And I kept this secret for over a year. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell any of my friends. I didn't tell my brothers, my sister, anything. I didn't tell anybody. And I remember one day I was reading a devotional. And at this time, I was still trying to seek the face of God. Even though I was angry and I was hurt, I still was searching. I was looking for something. I was empty. I had a void and I was looking for it to be filled any way I could. And I was reading this devotional and the devotional said, cast all of your cares to God. And one way that you could cast your cares is to go with people that also have a relationship with God. Go to them and and share your concerns, share your secrets and things to them so you could pray together and, and help each other and all of that. So that devotional kind of pushed me to, okay, I have to tell somebody. Because mind you, for this whole year that I had kept everything bottled up inside and in, in secret, I had so much anxiety, guys. I can't even explain how much I had. It was to the point to where I was looking over my shoulder. I had stomach ache every single day. There was not one day of that year that I did not have a stomach ache. My stomach was in knots. I was in turmoil, mental anguish. I was in turmoil. And that was another thing that really made me angry. I was like, God, you said that you are the God of peace. You said that you would comfort us. You said that you would be there for us in our times of trouble, that you would not give us anything more than what we could handle. But here I am, and this thing happened. I can't handle this. There's nothing I can do. I just don't want, you know, at times I was like, I don't want to live. I don't want to live like this. I am completely destroyed. I am destroyed. My life is ruined. And that's how I felt at it. If any, you guys being, you know, you know about being a teenager, everything, all of our emotions were off kilter anyway. And this is how I felt. So finally, I told my parents and you can imagine how that went. There was a lot of tears and a lot of prayer and things like that. And they sent me to Christian counselors and to pastors and things like that. And guess what? None of it worked. You know why? Because that's not what I needed at the time. I needed God himself. But because I was young, you know, and everything, I I didn't really know what was going on. I, I, I didn't have the answers. I didn't know what I was doing. But none of those talks with counselors or anything helped me. 
And it led me down a path of more bitterness. The older I would get, the more bitter I would get. I remember when I was 17 years old, my mother, myself, and my sister, we went to a Morningstar Ministries conference. And that was one of the best times I had in my life because I felt like I was getting closer to God, that I was getting some sort of breakthrough, that I was finally getting over all of this stuff. Even with my bitterness and anger, I was getting over things. But sure enough, after the conference and going back into the church and doing things, I was hurt by people in the church, people that I thought were close to God, let me down, people that I wanted to minister to me, to mentor me. I remember one time I asked a youth pastor to mentor me and to guide me, and he said that he was going to pick five people in the youth group to do that. And I told him, I went up to him and I said, Pastor, I've, I've had a lot of things happen to me in my life, but I really feel that, that I have a plan and that God has something for me, and I really would love to be mentored by you. And he was like, yeah, buddy, no problem, no problem. And when it came time to pick his five boys that he was going to mentor, I was not one of the five. He picked, you know, the click boys of the group. Every youth group has cliques, has people that, you know, here's the popular group, here's this group and that group. And he picked, you know, the popular boys of the group. And it crushed me. It's like, God... I'm trying to search for you. I, I'm trying to search for people that will help me in my walk with you. And I'm being stopped on every turn. And I said, you know what? Forget this. Forget church. Forget all of this. It's not worth it. So 19 years old, you know, I was in a re- rebellious time of my life doing the partying thing, doing hanging out with the wrong types of friends. And I told my parents, I said, look, I'm out of here. I am out of the house. I am free. I am, I'm going to live on my own and I'm going to do my own thing. And you guys know how that worked out. I was young and stupid and I jumped out of the house prematurely and got into debt at an early age, got into relationships that I should have never gotten into relationships with and was just spiraling down. I was just going down. I was at the doorstep of atheism. I was basically almost cursing God, saying, you know what? If you are real, you have not done a good job of being my creator and my savior. You haven't really saved me from much here on this earth. That was my thought process, guys. It really was. I was just so angry. So in my early 20s, I met my beautiful wife and thank God that he sent me a woman like her because she has been a godsend. She's been so helpful to me and I love her so much. And we got married and we started a family. We did the family thing, you know, and throughout my 20s, I was in a deep search. But, you know, I didn't want it to be like, hey, I want to go to church and I want to learn about God. I didn't want that. I was on a search. Is there other life out there? Are there aliens out there among us? Are there demons? Are there spirits? Are there ghosts? So guess what? I became a paranormal investigator. I wanted to go and help people that said that their house was haunted or that they saw their grandmother, you know, in their house. And I would do so much research into the paranormal stuff. And I got deeper and deeper into it. I would do a lot of research. I had some podcasts relating to the paranormal, all in search for something, all in search for a void that was in me that needed to be filled, but I didn't know where to look. 
I did not know where to look. So all of my 20s, pretty much, I was down that path. Paranormal investigating, going to haunted houses, doing those investigations, subjecting myself to things that I shouldn't have ever subjected myself to. And then that leads me to earlier this year, I was telling Frank, I said, Frank, man, if I even hear the voice of God one time, if I just hear him audibly or or whatever, then I will drop everything I'm doing and I will follow him. I will search him. I will preach his word. I will do everything. I will drop everything. And Frank, being the guy that he is, said, okay, well, I'll ask God for that to happen, to make it take place, you know. And sure enough, on June 5th, everything changed. And like I said, if you haven't heard the story, you can go back on the episode, believe it was episode one, and you can check it out. But just for time's sake, he basically spoke to me. It wasn't audibly, but he spoke to me. And it has changed my life, guys, because it showed me something. Everything that I've been through in this life pales in comparison to knowing my God. It pales in comparison to have a, having a, a relationship with Him. We weren't promised that we were going to be skipping through lily fields and, and everything was going to be perfect in our life. We've never been promised that. Why? Because we were in a dark world. <laughs> we're in a world that was built on rebellion towards God. That's just the simple answer to it. But I wanted to read a couple of things because God brought me back to himself. He drew me back to himself. And he wants to do the same for you. If you haven't had an experience with him, he wants to reveal himself to you. He really does. And I, I feel that with every fiber of my being. John three sixteen and 17 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now verse 18 and 19. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. God has done the work, guys. He's done the work, and all you have to do is believe that He sent His one and only Son to die on a cross for you, to take away your sin, and to give you a way to the Father. But if you don't believe this, if you don't believe what has been done, then you're allowing yourself to walk in darkness rather than light. And that's where the condemnation comes from. There's no condemnation in Christ. But you walk in condemnation if you don't walk in Christ. Romans 5, 6 through 11, it says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Do you really grasp that, guys? Think about this for a minute. While we were in our rebellion, knowing that we would be a rebellious people, knowing what we would do, knowing how we would rebel, knowing how I would turn my face from God because of things that have happened to me, 
knowing that I would walk in rebellion, even knowing that he still sent his son to die for me so that I would have a way to have communion with him, to have a relationship with him. And he's done the same thing for you. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Do you get it? Because of what Christ has done, guys, we are friends of God. We are sons and daughters of God. We have been adopted into his family. No matter how messy of a person you are, no matter how messy your life has been, God loves you and he sent his son to prove that. Romans 3, 21 to 26. Yes, I'm reading a lot of scripture, but you know what? Like I said before, the word of God is life. That is his love letter to us. So I'm going to be referencing scripture quite a bit because guess what? There's life in it. There's life in his word. Romans 3, 21 to 26. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. He has made a way to be right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. We do not live under the law of Moses anymore. It doesn't matter how many commandments you keep, guys. It doesn't matter because... The blood of Christ has cleansed us from the requirements of the law, has broken the chains of bondage that the law has put on us. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Let's understand that. We have all fallen short. There's not one perfect person out there. You know that. I know that. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead and included them and what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in the sight when they believe in Jesus. All you have to do is believe. All of you who are listening out there, you could be going through the most horrific time of your life. You could have gone through something that has shaken you to the core like it did me. And I am here to tell you that God loves you. Okay, do not blame God for what has happened to you. You have got to remember that there are some people that choose darkness over light and God does not force his presence on anybody. That's why there are murders in this world. That's why things happen, because God will never force anybody into his presence. But at the same time, he is gracious and he's just with the things that happened to me, him speaking to me and showing me his love has made up for all of that because in comparison all of those things has shown me that even when I was at my lowest point God has still reached down and touched my heart 
and made me new. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt he can do the same for you. And he will do the same for you. Believe in him. He is real. Any of you searching for anything out there that is apart from him or deviations of him is darkness. Anything that deviates from the light is dark. The further you go off on a path, let's put it this way. Whenever you're on a path and you're walking towards light. And then there's paths that veer off of that path to the light. The further you veer off and on these paths, the darker it becomes. And that's what I was doing. That's what I was doing with the paranormal thing. Is I was deviating off a path. And the further I got, the more dark it became. And the further I got away from God. I want to encourage you to get on the path to the light. Who is the light? Is Jesus. Is his sacrifice. Is what he's done. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. You know, I was reading in, let's say, I believe it was John 8. Yeah, it was John 8 with Mary Magdalene. And she was caught in the act of adultery. And the people brought her to Jesus and said, Look, according to Moses' law, we are to stone her and put her to death for her act of sin. And Jesus kneeled down and the Bible says that he was, you know, taking his finger and writing something in the sand. And I always thought, you know, whenever I read that scripture, what what is he writing? Because it, it, it never tells us what he was writing. And I've heard some theologians and people speculate before. But, you know, I imagine that he was because he knows all and he's he's God. He was God in the flesh that he was writing the sins of all the people that were accusing Mary Magdalene. And, you know, maybe they saw that and was like, what in the world is he doing? You know, that's just speculation, but I'd like to think that that would be pretty cool. (laughs) It would be very cool, actually. But Jesus looked up at the men and said, if any of you are without sin, go ahead and throw the stone, stoner. And one by one, they dropped the stone and they walked off. And then he asked Mary Magdalene, he's like, where are your accusers? And she said, they're not here, Lord. There's no one here. And he said, well, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. See, they said that according to the law of Moses, she was to be put to death. But Jesus said, no, I don't accuse you. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Because of his sacrifice, because of who he is, it doesn't matter what you've done. You're not accused. He loves you. You are not held under the law of Moses. You are not held under the bondage of the law. You have been made right with God. You have the righteousness of God. I've heard Frank and Christina talk about this before. I I want you guys, you know, at the time, whenever I was listening to their podcast, uh, the Who's Your Daddy Godcast, I was hearing, you are the righteousness of God. And I didn't really grasp that. But now I do. You know, whenever God reveals himself to me, I understand it completely. It's not about what we can do or what we have done. Nothing that you do in your entire life will ever make you right with God. Do you understand that? Really, really try to comprehend this. Nothing you ever do in this entire life will ever make you right with God. That's why I was trying to do that my entire life. I was trying to work, trying to read enough of the Bible to get close to God, trying to pray enough to get close to God. And guess what? The reason why I was failing is because I didn't grasp the concept of being the righteousness of God. We are righteous Because of Christ's shed blood. That's why we're seen as right. 
towards God. That's why God looks at us and says, you know what? They are in right standing with me. I will speak to them. I will bless them. I will show them me. I will show them my presence. I will show them my glory. It's because of his son's blood. That's the only way that we're made right with God. So all of us who fall under the blood of Christ are righteous. You are righteous. And the only the way that you can do that is just to believe that he did it. That's it. We make it more complicated, but that really is the answer. It is the answer. Jesus is the light of the world. If you follow him, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I want to close with this. I just want to tell you guys that you may feel that you don't cut it, that you're worthless, that you mean nothing. But I pray that God shows you how untrue that is. But I also want to let you know that I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly your torment, your mental anguish. I know exactly how you feel because I've been there. I thought I was not worth anything. I thought I was discarded as trash, that you know I was living this life for nothing because of things that happened to me. But how wrong I was. God revealed himself to a mess. Me. A mess of a person. Someone that didn't feel worthy. Didn't feel like I mattered. That I was a joke, you know. But God showed me himself. And he wants to show you his glory. He wants to speak to you. He wants to have a relationship with you. That is why we are breathing. That is why we're living here. You may wonder, what's my purpose in life? It's to know God. It's to follow Him. It's to have a relationship with Him. Like He showed me. It would be awkward to live in a stranger's house you don't know. It would be awkward just if we never lived on this earth and we just were in heaven, we were zapped there, and didn't really know God. We could have an you know, an impartation of knowledge that somebody could give us, that God could give us and say, hey, I'm God, this is me, whatever. But we wouldn't have an understanding, a deep understanding of his love and what he did and why he sacrificed what he did. That's why we're here. You may be going through some things. You may be going through some things that you think are unfair. And in this world, I can understand that. But it's not God's fault. And God did not do this to you. Yes, God sees all and knows all. But God knows the bigger picture, okay? And I know that's hard for a lot of people to understand. But once you get deeper and deeper into his word and he starts showing you himself, he will reveal to you that it's bigger than us. This whole life that we're living is bigger than ourselves. Ultimately, it's about him. Anything that deviates away from that is worthless. It's about him. But I want to tell you that God loves messes. And if you're messy, he loves you. If you think you're not messy, you're lying to yourself. (laughs) As lovingly as I can say that, we're all messy. Our righteousness, and no matter how good we think we are, it's like filthy rags. It's worthless. Remember, the only way that we're made right with God is because of his son's blood. So you're messy. So so just, just realize that fact. You're messy, okay? But there's good news. God loves messes. But thank you guys for listening to this episode. I really appreciate your support. If you have any questions or concerns or prayer requests, you can go to our Facebook page, A Secret Refuge. Just type it into the search bar and we will get your information, your message and everything there. And and we will try to address it on future episodes. 
and we'll be more than happy to pray with you. But thank you for listening to the podcast. And until the next episode, guys, stay blessed. You've been listening to The Secret Refuge Podcast with Shane Pittman. Visit us online at secretrefugepodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash secret refuge. And be sure to leave Shane questions and reviews to be read on upcoming episodes of Secret Refuge. Stay blessed. Secret Refuge is part of the Who's Your Daddy podcast network and is produced by A History with God Ministries, a history with God.org.